You know, Rachel, I lost friends over this. I had many of my very close friends did not want to be associated with me because I was doing this. I had people tell me if if women in that industry want to know the gospel or wanting to go to church, there's a sign outside our door. I had all sorts of comments like that. And so it was, it truly was building my trust in Jesus that he was calling me to this, that he was opening the door and working through us to bring the gospel there and trusting that, you know? You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. This episode is sponsored by rgsgroup.media. Are you looking to build a personal brand, launch a podcast, or build your writer's brand? If so, we can help. rgsgroup.media is a brand agency that specializes in personal brand development for writers, podcasters, or those looking to launch a personal business or ministry. We offer brand services such as coaching, book cover, banner, and web design, just to name a few. To learn more about how we can help you build your brand, click the link in the episode show notes or visit rgsgroup.media today. That's rgsgroup.media. Now, let's get back to the episode. Well, welcome. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for being willing to join me on the podcast. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Rachel, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad that I said your name correctly. That was like my number one thing. Let me make sure I say her name right. So I did. <laughs> you <laughs> but, did. Thank you. But if you happen to go by Rachel, all, you know, it's all good. <laughs> I answered to it. I've been called Rachel my whole life. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I have had the opportunity to just learn more about you, read through your powerful book, but I want to make sure that my audience and my listeners know uh, all about you. So can you just begin by sharing a little bit about your story? Sure. I, uh, born and raised into a pastor's family. Um, I am a little bit from all over. I'm not from one place or the next, but I've spent the longest time in Louisville, Kentucky, where I currently reside with my husband of 18 years and my two beautiful boys. And honestly, a little bit of history about me is, uh, and this is in the book, my dad taught me what it was like to love people right where they were at, like Jesus and he he lived that and still is living that out as a great example. Fast forward, I get into my you know teens and my early 20s, and I'm like, God, why have you put me here on this earth? What am I supposed to do? And so God called me to minister and bring the gospel to women in the adult entertainment industry in 2007. And here I am today. Yes. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, when I was just reading through your story and everything that you said, there were some key things that stood out to me that I want to talk about. Tons of things, but you know, we have a limited amount of time. But one thing that you said that really got me thinking was your experience growing up as a pastor's kid versus what you kind of experienced when you became an adult, got married, and you were going to the church. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my dad, as a 
pastor and again just a very uh, different style of like living out being the church as opposed to going to church and so every sunday we would in in growing up we would go and we would pick up people to bring with us to church and i can't even tell you my dad was fired from many churches for bringing in stinky smelly people that were hungover or were homeless and that was my example i literally knew pretty much no different growing up then fast forward my husband is in ministry at a church the church was amazing we had a great life there but I began to look around and go, where are all these people that I grew up with? Where where are the homeless, the hurting, the broken? Everybody looks so cleaned up here. So my experience drove me to start asking God, how can I bring people into the kingdom um, like my dad did? Mm. And so would you, growing up, call yourself just this... Um bold, outright, like, I'm just willing to go and adventure and do all those things? Or would you have considered yourself a little still, a little leery of that, the space and just going out, grabbing people? Well, it's interesting you'd ask me that. I, I have, I'm a firstborn. I've always been very outrageously bold and outgoing. I love to talk to anyone. I will talk to anyone. Um, and so that's always been a part of me. So I've never known anything different, but I would say there were many times in my, in my childhood that to be honest, I was like, dad, why are we picking these people up? You know, what is going on? Why would we do that? Um, but looking back on it, I'm so glad that he did. Yeah. It was like, it was birthing something within you, uh, yeah. that you didn't realize because when the setting changed for you, you felt like there's something missing. There's something more yeah. that we're supposed to be doing. So fast forward, life happens. Um, you, I think you get married, all those amazing things. And then that nagging or nudging keeps going on. And tell us a little bit about how you responded to it. Yeah. So I'm 21. I was seeking, this was my prayer. And, and honest to goodness, there's nothing like about me that started praying about this. It was the Holy Spirit prompting me to pray for a people and a purpose. And I have used that so many times to encourage other people to seek God's purpose on their life and then the people, because God says to love me and love others. And so what does that look like? And so 21 years old, I had a corporate job. I was I loved it. I was very good at it. I was climbing the corporate ladder, even at 21 years old, and I was restless. I had this holy discontent of this isn't what I'm supposed to be spending my life on. So I I committed to praying and, and fasting weekly, but praying daily on my way into work. God helped me to have eyes to see and speak to me. Like, I want you to give me a people and a purpose. So I did lots of things, Rachel. I did, oh my goodness, so many crazy things. I picked up every homeless woman that I would pass. I could not pass her. I would literally pick her up. We'd go to breakfast. I'd be late for work. I'd be trying to get her into a rehab, you know, this, that, and the other. And it sounds all great, but it was like me searching for my calling. And, um, and so 
it was beautiful. It was, it was, I learned so much about people and, and be, grew in me a courage so that when God called me and said, Rochelle, I'm sending you to people in the adult entertainment industry to share my hope and my love. Um, I was already prepared for that, that calling when he did. So, yeah, yeah, that right there is powerful. So God was already stirring your heart, but then you were actually not just sitting there and waiting and saying, okay, God, whenever you're ready to tell me, that's when I'll do something. You were just doing what you knew to do. This is what I kind of grew up doing. So, you know, this is what I'm gonna do until I get the next instruction. That's, that is so key. Now, please tell the story of, you know, how you kind of began to navigate and go into that adult entertainment industry. I don't want you to give the whole book away, but just give us a little, a little cliffhanger there. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, all right. So it's 2007, by the way, and the Lord speaks to me as I'm passing a theater X and Um, I heard very clearly in my spirit, that's who I'm sending you to. But where? I I don't, you know, where is that? What is that? Who is that? So I start researching and praying. And it was actually in 2008, Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, had come out. And in the first two, in the first two words of the book, it says, stop praying. It hit me like a lightning bolt that I had spent from 2007 when the Lord called me to 2008, praying, fasting, researching, talking, trying to get all of the pieces of the puzzle. And God was like, stop, go. It's time to go. So we go into, without giving it all away, we go into the first strip club that we spent two days praying and fasting over which one Mm -hmm. to go into. We go in, we pay $10 to get in the door. And, and God just, the story is actually very, comical and amazing at the same time. But like, I didn't know what to expect. And so I went in there, truly every step that I took inside that dark place, I was relying on the Holy Spirit to guide me. And he did, he opened up the door um, to ask the owner of the club, if we could bring in a home cooked meal and do something kind and loving through the love of Jesus, to the women that worked there. And to my, why was I surprised? I have no idea. He said, yes. He said, when can you come back? And when can you come in? That was set the first Thursday in September of 2008. And we have been in strip clubs serving home cooked meals every Thursday since then. Mm, Wow. And so tell me what, how can I put this? The home cooked meals, what, what was the goal? What was kind of why, why meals? Why meals? <laughs> you are, th- that's a great question. Um, I want to both answer your question and God had used something in my life that I was around for most of my life. So my mom being a pastor's wife made a, most of the food for our potlucks. Then she started a little catering company and I would grow up helping her going to weddings, going to funerals, doing all of this. And I, I experienced what food does to people. Mm. So it honestly hadn't really occurred to me that that's what would be the tool and the tool that God would use to get into the clubs until I was standing in the club. And when I talked to the owner, it, I I was praying in my spirit, God, give me the words to say. And it just kind of came out of my mouth. 
Jesus sent us here to do something kind and loving for the women in this place. Can we bring in a home-cooked meal? Wow. He was like, you actually want to bring something <laughs> into this place? And, and that's what started it all. But I can see how God, far before we ever set foot in that club, had prepared my mind and my heart and, and my words. Thank you so much for listening. I want to pause for a quick moment to tell you about two extremely valuable resources I've developed specifically with you in mind. If you are feeling called to take a leap of faith, be it to move to a new geographical relocation, to start a business, to stay on your job, but to write your book or to start a ministry or to transition, but you are unsure, even afraid to move forward, then you'll want to grab these resources. The first one is a five leaps quick guide. And within it, you will find help as you identify which leap God is calling you to make and tools for you as you prepare, plan, and execute that leap. The next one is the five leaps, five week mentoring. If you are serious about this leap, but you know you cannot do it alone, you are not alone. I want to walk with you. So for five weeks, we'll work together as you prepare for the plan that God is calling you to execute. You can find both of these resources by visiting thefiveleaps.com. Thank you so much. Now, let's get back started with this episode. You know, when you were walking in, into the club, um, you know, sometimes we were, we're concerned about what other people may think of us when we go here or we do that. How did you or did you have those moments where you're like, what if someone thinks that I'm going into the club to be a part of it versus to help? How did you navigate just those emotions, what people might say, what, what they might think um, when you're doing that outrageous thing that God caused you to do? You know, Rachel, I lost friends over this. Mm-hmm. I had many of my very close friends did not want to be associated with me because I was doing this. Um, I had people tell me if if women in that industry want to know the gospel or want to go to church, there's a sign outside our door. I had all sorts of comments like that. And so it was, it truly was building my trust in Jesus that he was calling me to this, that he was opening the door and working through us to bring the gospel there and trusting that, you know? Yeah. You know, in your book, you talk about um, a book that you were reading that um, paralleled um, Gomar's um, story. And it's funny because as I was reading your book, I'm like, you wrote this book in such a way where I can't put this book down. So you did an amazing job with just not only just sharing the practical parts of things, but also um, just really pulling and calling us out as followers of Christ into a deeper walk. And so really not just saying, okay, what am I going to do? Well, maybe this, well, maybe that, but just taking those action steps and not being concerned about, you know, what everyone else is thinking. And just like you said, being willing to lose people. And I'm not going to say, I'm sure when those people walked away, it was not easy. I'm sure there were moments that you questioned, is this what I'm supposed to do? How did you navigate those difficult moments? You know, I had to really lean into my husband who was the second I called him and said, God answered my prayer. And this is what he said. My husband said, that is exactly what Jesus would do. And that man has been beside me, supporting me, lifting my arms, encouraging me when I wanted to quit ever since the beginning, since that first moment. And so that's how I leaned into it. That's how I leaned into trusting the Lord was through my very closest friends and my husband uh, to get me through, you know? Yeah, I love that. I was talking to my son the other day and I was like, God will pair you with someone that can handle the call. 
that, that's Amen. on your life. And I experienced that in my own life. All the things I'm doing, I did an interview recently and I'm like, listen, my husband is like my backbone. You know, he definitely, God knew that he was going to be a key part in just the encouragement, the the hand, the behind the scenes that he does, just all the amazing things. So I love that you said that because that's so key. We need strong um, husbands beside us to just really help us. Because listen, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. there are moments where you're like, um, what am I doing here? What have I got myself into? Well, God has been faithful. That's And that's what I want to talk a little bit about. Just share with me just some of the faithfulness of God that you've seen, some of the transformation that you've seen in some of the women's lives as, as you've gone into this industry. Oh, my goodness. That's my favorite part of what I do. That's why I'm still here 15 years later, you know, is is if it would be not that I wouldn't be obedient, even if God didn't allow me to see the fruit, but the transformation that has happened in hundreds and hundreds of lives of women that we have served is unbelievable. Um, I'll give you an example. There is a woman who, so our ministry doesn't just go into clubs. We will work with any woman who is uh, on the street selling her body. uh, So prostitution, escorts, brothels, massage parlors, the whole anywhere. Okay. And so this woman I met, uh, we met her on the street her, she had been severely abused by her boyfriend. She was selling herself for, uh, for drugs, highly addicted, came into our program, came into our community. And this was nearly eight years ago. Okay. Um, and so the process of restoration took a long time and transformation took a long time, but our, our community that we've built through Scarlet Hope has really, um, allowed for women to mess up, leave, come back. The door is always open. We're going to be here for you. And so she started coming to Bible study. She started getting sober. She started attending AA on her own. She started doing things to make progress because she had a group of people around her cheering her on. You can do what we believe in you. So fast forward, she um, comes into our career development program, which is a program where we it's a gospel-centered training program for careers, and we hire women in that program. And so she comes into the program. She worked worked the program, graduated, and she gave her life to Jesus through that program or while she was in it. She started leading other women to Jesus, and she now works for a corporation, a beautiful, amazing, huge corporation She is one of the biggest blessings that this corporation has ever seen, and they have hundreds of employees. Um, And she is now going back to school. She just bought her own house. She, I mean, the transformation, yes, it might have taken eight years or so, or I'd say more like six. Um, Who cares, right? Like every day that that girl got up and had breath in her lungs was a day of hope and a day she could choose to, tr- to transform her life with the Lord. And she chose it. And it's just one of the many stories that I love. Oh, that's so powerful. Wow. That's just, that right there is the reminder. And it, it reminds you of this is what Jesus died for. This is what he died for. Oh, so Amen. good. Now, there was a moment, there had to be a moment you were in corporate for a while. And you were picking people up. And this stirring was happening. And then 
you got to the point where now you have your own organization. But I know there ha- something had to happen in between there. So can you tell us about that leap from corporate into what you're doing now? Yeah. So um, as you can imagine, this corporate office began going, what are you doing? I was out late at night and I would still come in Friday mornings, fresh on fire. I was excited about what the Lord had done. And, um, and so I, I began telling them what I was doing. It was very cool because the corporation was not a, inherently a Christian uh, corporation, but it had Christian people within it. And so one of the owners of the company said, I want to invest. I don't know where you're headed with this, but I want to invest in you to learn all that you can while you're here in advertising, marketing, finances, all of it. So he just gave me a plethora of training. And at the same exact time, God was working on my church to um, bring this ministry into the church. Mm -hmm. So it began to change people's perspective in our church. And we began cooking all the meals there and tons of people began to serve. And the elders of the board ended up coming and saying, we're going to support you getting your own 501c3. And I said, what's that? I didn't even know what that was. And I said, well, okay, I guess that sounds good, but I'm st- I have a job. I don't need a job. You know, this is what I'm doing because this is what the Lord's called me for the mission field. And they said, no, we're going to support you doing this. They did. And I mean, within weeks, we had a 501c3. And at that also same time, my husband came to me, and this is one of the most beautiful stories. I don't get to tell it often. But my husband, all through this season, was watching God change me. And he came to me and he had saved up about six months worth of my salary. And he said, I want, this was in the 2009, December of 2009. He said, I've saved this up because this is what you were made for. And I want to support you leaving your job. And taking that risk of faith. I don't know how you're ever going to get paid past the six months, but I'm going to support us. And we're going to, you know, and I'm 24, 25 years old. I'm going to do this with the Lord and he's going to provide. And oh my goodness. I mean, we quit. We both ended up quitting our job within 30 days of of each other to go full-time into ministry with no idea how we were going to provide for ourselves. But God provided every single thing we needed. Wow. That right there is so powerful. And it goes back to just having a spouse that just believes and hears from God and knows, can see within you that this is what you were created for. That's such a beautiful story. Okay. So as I was reading your book, this thought came to me um, to ask myself, but even others, like, am I being effective or am I being afraid? And, you know, you said something, um, there's one of the chapters where you talk about just not being willing to take the risk, right? Being not, not allowing yourself to be afraid. How do you navigate just that season of risk-taking? I mean, even your husband leaving was a risk-taking season and you, how did you navigate that? What is something you would say to someone that's trying to navigate that season? Yeah, that's a great, um, I like how you said, like, am I might be ineffective or am I being afraid? I think we all, because we're humans, have some fear in us just naturally as a human, I'm not saying it's of God, but it's there. And so to acknowledge it, and I think two things come to my mind with that question. One is every single day I have to choose even today, 
I have to choose to trust God over the lies of the enemy. The enemy says, this is never going to work. You don't know what you're doing and you're not equipped for this. He still does that even 15 years when I can look back at God's faithfulness. So every day it's a choice. Am I going to trust God or am I going to listen to the lies of the enemy? And then secondly, I think it is putting, um, I don't think that we can do ministry alone. And so who asking God to really provide for you people around you to support you, encourage you, and remind you of truth. It's so important. So important. That's so good. Listen, Rochelle, this has been amazing. And, you know, I want to ask more questions, but then I don't want to give the book away. So (laughs) I'm going to save that so that everyone can go out and grab the book. The book is called Outrageous Obedience. And, you know, before we wrap our time up, I want to know, what is obedience? What does outrageous obedience mean to you? I truly, my, my true definition of it is anytime the Holy Spirit says, Rochelle, go here, do this, being obedient to that voice that the Lord gives to us is honestly outrageous this day and age. Yes. Most of us are ignoring it and are listening to other voices. And so when we listen to the Holy Spirit's voice, it's outrageous. And then even more so, it takes outrageous courage to walk up to a homeless person, to get uncomfortable for the gospel. But that's, we serve an outrageous God who outrageously loves us that much to show us his example of that outrageous love. Um, and so what more do we have to do than to be obedient to his voice and his calling? So good. So, so good. And everyone knows I end the po- the podcast by saying God can do more with your willingness than he could do with your worthiness. So, I mean, and that's just the reality of it is our willingness to do what God has called us to do. Even when we don't feel worthy, even, even when we don't feel like we even know, know fully what he's called us to do is so important. So Rochelle, I want to make sure that everyone knows how they can connect with you. They can grab the book. They can learn more about the ministry that you are doing to serve women. Um, so can you please share that with the audience? Sure. I mean, we're encouraging people to go to our website at scarlethope.org, or you can connect with me directly at rochellestar.co. Also on social media on those handles, rochellestar.co and the the Scarlet Hope. We have a plethora of ways to connect once you get to those two sites. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, Thank you so much for just being willing to take the time out of your day and for what you are doing for the women. I truly, truly am thankful. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy to talk with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you were inspired by what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next leap. Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaps.com to learn more about upcoming guests, helpful resources, and our text community support, all intended to help you prepare to take your next leap. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.